You are listening to Mystery Still Unsolved, a podcast where we discuss unsolved mysteries both past and present. I'm your host, Rochelle. Today, we will discuss the disappearance of the Roanoke Colony. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Mystery Still Unsolved. I am so excited to be back. Um, it hasn't been too long. We just spoke on Monday. Um, how was your Halloween? Did you experience what I like to refer to as the Halloween hangover? <laughs> uh, my kids weren't too bad. They went to sleep pretty quickly. They were probably really tired. Um, but they also like weren't cranky the next day. So I am very grateful for that. And I'm especially grateful for that because I, on the other hand, um, I woke up on November 1st and I felt like I'd been hit by a truck. (laughs) I mean, do not get me wrong. I loved Halloween. I loved being Marie Antoinette for Halloween. It was so much fun, but I was incredibly ecstatic. I think that would be the word. Um, when I took that costume off for what I knew was going to be like the last time, because literally for days I was like going back and forth between like Baroque Renaissance makeup and normal makeup. And I was like starting to mix them up. It was a whole thing. I had like all this like Victorian jewelry in my room and I didn't like want to put it somewhere else because I knew I was going to be using it like the next day. So it was just, it was chaos. My room was chaos. Um, the day before I went to hall, like the day before Halloween, I went to my cousin's house for a Halloween party. And when I got home, I discovered that I was literally stuck in my dress the zipper of my dress, it would not go up and it would not go down. Like this dress is from Amazon. And honestly, it's pretty great, great quality from being like an Amazon purchase. That being said, however, the zipper was quite possibly like the cheapest zipper that the manufacturer or designer could possibly find. Like, I think that the dress was probably worth like $120, but the zipper was like half of a cent. Like that's how much money went into the zipper. Um, so after like a couple of failed attempts at getting out of this dress, I began feeling so claustrophobic and my husband, Brian, literally had to cut me out of my dress because I was starting to like freak the F out. Um, then we got some safety pins and I was able to use those to close the dress for the last day, but it was so annoying. Like the safety pins kept coming undone and like poking me in the side and my wig, like it didn't bother me the first couple of days, but like the last two days it started like feeling incredibly tight. Like, I don't know if I like my head was getting bigger because I thought I was so awesome in my costume, but it was literally creating like what I felt would most definitely be a permanent indentation scar on my head. (laughs) So needless to say, in the afternoon of Halloween, when I was done wearing that costume, I was like, peace out, Marie. Um, 
yeah, but yeah, I just feel like we've been able to chat a lot over this past week. We've had three episodes this week because um, I was making it up to you guys that I like had the bubonic plague the week before. Um, and I just really wanted to do the Halloween series justice. Um, but honestly, like this week has been awesome. I've been loving every minute of the research and writing and now I'm recording. I honestly like any week that is filled to the brim with unsolved crimes and unsolved phenomenon or cryptozoology. That's a good week in my book. That is a very good week. Um, So today we are going to be getting more in depth about a case that we spoke about briefly, like seriously so briefly, on um, Monday's episode. We are going to really dig deep into the backstory of the Roanoke Colony and talk about five possible theories. Um, Some of the theories are pretty obvious and they would make complete sense. And others are a bit more, hmm, how do I want to phrase this? Uh, (laughs) Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. (laughs) That is the best way. Um, I also thought, okay, so when we were doing our episode on Monday and we were just kind of doing like little snippets, um, I just got so fascinated by the Roanoke Colony. I'd heard about it before and totally forgotten about it. And also like it's November, so... um, If you're not from America, we are coming up upon our America's, like, Thanksgiving. Um, And so this is kind of, like, giving me, like, Thanksgiving-y vibes because these are, like, English settlers that settled in an area. um, And they were, like, one of the first settlers of that time. So I just thought it would be really um, perfect for this time of year. Um, Before we get into today's episode, though, I just wanted to do a very quick, like, unexpected guests are coming over housekeeping sesh. <laughs> so if you are not already following me on Instagram at Mystery Still Unsolved, you should. Uh, there you can find posts and videos about the cases that we cover. You can comment your thoughts, theories, and opinions. You can shoot me a DM with a case suggestion. Like if there's a case that you are dying to hear my thoughts on, like let me know. Um, I research every single case that comes into my inbox. And if it has enough material to work with, you might just hear it covered on a future episode. Um, Also, like every once in a lunar eclipse, I will pop in on stories or do like an Instagram live so you can get some behind the scenes action over on the Instagram. Um, If Instagram ain't your thing like a chicken wing, uh, no problem. I have a website. It's www.mysterystillunsolved.com. Dot com. There you can binge my 96 episodes. Yes, you heard me correctly. You don't need to like shake the sand or the water out of your ears. 96 episodes. Can you believe it? I certainly cannot. Um, I know that I tell you guys this all the time, but only 2% of podcasts that begin will ever get to their 100th episode. And I am almost there. I can see the finish line on the horizon. Um, I remember when I was like still in the single digits of this podcast and I thought that there was no way in hell that I would ever get this far, but here I am and I owe it all to you for encouraging me, supporting me, and continuing to visit and listen to me once 
and for this past week, three times a week. So I feel like this is really like when I get to that 100th episode, it's really going to be an accomplishment for us all. Um, Some of you want to know how you can best support this podcast. And if you're already following me on Instagram, then you're already doing a good start. I would then say to you to just continue to share um, my podcast with your friends and family or anyone else that you know who loves true crime. But I would be remiss for not mentioning that if you haven't already left me a review on Apple Podcasts, could you please be a sweet potato and do that for me? It will really help people find me. For instance, I recently got a DM on my Mystery Still Unsolved page from a super swell guy, and he said the following. He wrote, quote, binge this podcast last night at work. Great storytelling with good banter, but not too much to get off track. You really do pop up on the feed and then poof, you disappear into the wind. Thanks for all of your hard work. So see, your reviews do actually help people to find me. But in order for me to not, quote, poof into the wind, end quote, I need more reviews, especially good ones to keep me in good favor with the ambiguous algorithms. (laughs) Oh, those mysterious algorithms. I don't even know what to do with those. Okay, so I think that that's all the housekeeping that I have for you today. So let's go ahead and dive into one of the greatest mysteries of the United States of America. Are you ready? Here we go. On May 8, 1587, 120 settlers left England and sailed to the remote island of Roanoke. This island was off the coast of what is now known as North Carolina. They arrived sometime in July of 1587. The governor appointed to lead this colony was a man by the name of John White. He was an explorer and an artist by trade. Within the first month of the settlers' stay in Roanoke, they encountered multiple attacks by the local Roanoke Native American tribe. The English settlers were struggling, and they pled with Governor John White to please return to England and bring them back more supplies. They felt that they had not brought enough food, and they needed more weapons in order to defend themselves against these unrelenting attacks. So after just one month, Governor John White agreed to, like, board a boat and return to England with a few men and bring back more, like, much-needed supplies. John left behind 87 men, 17 women, and 11 children. So seems like Roanoke was a real sausage fest. Um, But of those women and children, one woman was John White's own daughter. Her name was Eleanor Dare, who had just given birth to a baby girl that she named Virginia. Virginia Dare is known for being the first baby born on American soil to English parents. I don't know if you knew this, but Virginia was kind of a big deal. People knew her. She had many pieces of furniture made of rich mahogany. Um, Unfortunately, the timing of Governor John White's supply finding expedition was like super poor, like really bad timing, because shortly after returning to England, England and Spain declared war upon each other, and the Spanish were known to have one heck of an armada, Um, so taking an English vessel upon the Atlantic Ocean would basically be a death sentence. Like, they were going to 
go down. And the Spanish were going to make sure of that. John White had no other choice but to wait out the war. This war lasted three years, but bet your butt that as soon as he feasibly could, John White rushed back to Roanoke with literally a boatload of supplies. He had no idea what to expect other than he hoped that he would return in time to celebrate his granddaughter's third birthday. It was in August 1590 that Governor John White would touch ground on the shores of Roanoke once again, and it was at that moment that John would make an extremely puzzling discovery. The entire colony of Roanoke, the 87 men, the 17 women, and the 11 children that he had left behind, appeared to have simply vanished without a trace. The only clue left behind was the word Croatoan, etched into a nearby fence post, and the word crow carved into a tree. The questions at the time were, where are they? What happened that made them want to leave? And if someone had the foresight to leave behind a couple of clues, like why leave such vague ones? Why had no one left a note behind giving more information? Okay, what seems vague and odd and bizarre at first, if we pursue a little bit more, really starts to make a bit more sense. Okay, unlike my case, and I'm assuming many of you, Croatoan was not just like some made-up word. Croatoan was actually the name of an island that resided 50 miles south of Roanoke. It is now known as Haddler's Island. John thought it was odd that they would only leave him one clue, but he was determined to find his daughter and granddaughter. He used a private boat belonging to England and attempted to sail from Roanoke to Croatoan on two separate occasions. However, both times he was met with horrible storms, which forced him to return back to Roanoke. Since he was borrowing a boat, he was at the mercy of whoever owned it, and unfortunately, after two failed attempts, the owner wanted their boat back because they wanted to go back to England. Uh, John was forced to return with the others. Um, shortly after, he moved to Ireland, where he subsequently passed away, never really knowing what had happened to his family. No one has ever been able to definitively prove what happened to the missing 115 colonists, despite the fact that historians and couch potato sleuths like us have both tried super hard to figure it out, even going as far as looking for skeletal remains or evidence of a mass grave or battle. All right, so this is extremely, extremely mysterious, right? Or is it? So apparently... These group of English settlers were not the first to attempt to colonize Roanoke. No, no. About two years prior, another group of about 100 settlers had arrived in Roanoke. Governor John White was actually one of those settlers. The last time, though, John had not been in charge. There was another dude, Governor Ralph Lane. Shortly after Governor Ralph Lane and his group of settlers arrived, they were also not well received by the local Native American tribes there. It seemed like every day they were being attacked or their crops were being sabotaged. 
Now, Governor Lane apparently was not the best negotiator or people person. He's not what you would call a people person. Because instead of trying to, like, work out an agreement with the tribe, um, he sent some men straight into their camp and had them slaughter their king, King Wingina. Governor Lane hoped this would send a message to the native tribes that they were not to be messed with because, look, like, if they can kill your king, what makes you think that they're not going to kill you too? This plan backfired, and it backfired real bad. I know. Shocker, right? Like, uh, duh. Uh, Things got so bad that in 1586, Sir Francis Drake was sent from England on essentially a rescue mission to go to Roanoke and save these stupid English settlers from those meanie Native Americans and bring them back to England. Okay, so all that happened, like I said, from 1585 to 1586. And then just one year later, in 1587, Governor John White and his crew decide to go back back to Roanoke. Had they never heard the phrase, time heals all wounds, I don't think that they left well enough alone for, well, long enough. Um, People don't really tend to, like, get over their king being murdered just one year later. Um, I'm sure there was animosity when, again, the local Native American tribes saw English settlers coming back to their island. They probably decided that this time around, they would be the ones teaching the lesson. A lesson that they'd never forget, possibly an eye for an eye. So basically, that's the first theory, that after Governor John White left, the Native Americans waited for the opportune moment to get revenge and slaughter all of the colonists. While this certainly would make a lot of sense, we cannot support it with evidence. So far, no mass graves have ever been found on the island, but there is always the question, like, what if they weren't buried? What if they were dropped into the sea? The bodies could have sunk or floated somewhere else, and then they never would have found them. Another theory is that the English settlers found refuge with a neighboring Native American tribe. Okay, so apparently when Sir Francis came to rescue the English settlers' booties, uh, they had apparently become friends with um, a Native American man from the Croatoan tribe. Um, His name was Manteo, and he had been helping the colonists while they were in peril with the Roanoke Native American tribe. When the English decided to leave, they offered Manteo a new way of life by asking him to return to England with them. Manteo agreed and lived among the English people for about a year when John White decided to try colonizing Roanoke again. John told Manteo that if he would return to Roanoke with him, then he would name him not only the chief of the Croatoan tribe, but the tribe um, of the Roanoke people as well. However, if you have a brain and can predict simple outcomes, you know that this probably was not well received. Like, here's some white dude (laughs) uh, coming back to the island when you didn't want him to be there. And essentially saying like, hey, what's up? We're back. And this time we're appointing a new leader for you that we have selected. I know, I know. No trouble at all. You are so welcome. Um, The Roanoke tribe 
was like, uh, hell nah. And they refused to accept Manteo as their leader. They even went so far as to run Manteo off of the island. Um, and then he returned to his homeland of Croatoan. <laughs> Smart dude. Um, is it possible that later on Manteo returned to Roanoke to check on the English settlers? Um, you know, they've become his friends over time and found them in like really bad shape because they were like hungry and experiencing sneak attacks every day. And is it possible that he offered them refuge if they would just come back with him to Croatoan? This would explain the clue that was etched on the fence post. We also don't know if that happened because John was never able to reach the island. So he doesn't know that it didn't happen, but he also doesn't know that it did happen either. Okay, so recently, and when I say recently, I'm being a little bit giving. Um, there, like within the last 20 to 30 years, there are like these 50 Native American persons who claim to be descendants of the lost Roanoke colony. At first, the scientific community like balked at their claims. They felt that their claim was ludicrous. But after subjecting these 50 people to rigorous genetic testing, a shocking discovery was made. While most of their lineage pointed to local Native American tribes within the area, around the late 15 to 1500s to early 1600s, their lineage shifted and did actually begin to include some European DNA. There are a few reasons that this may have happened. So one explanation is what we just talked about, that Manteo brought these English settlers back with him to Croatoan and the settlers assimilated and had families with these Native Americans. Um, another option, though, however, aligns with typical Roanoke tribe warfare. So Roanoke Indians were known to slaughter the men and take back with them the women and children. Um, there, the women and children would be forced to assimilate um, into the tribe, and that could explain the genetic results as well. In 2015, several English items were found on Hatteras Island, which used to be known as Croton Island. Um, these items included bowls, the hilt of an iron rapine sword, and a writing tablet made of slate with the English letter M printed onto it. This is incredible news, right? Like this could prove the theory that the missing colony did go to Croto and Island. Right? Hmm. Well, not exactly. See, while some of the artifacts do date back to the time when the missing English colony, you know, went missing, a lot of the items found were also from the 1600s and the 1700s, nearly a hundred years afterwards. So, were those items really left there in the late 1500s or were they just like family heirlooms from a separate group altogether? Another plausible theory is that the colonist group decided to flee Roanoke and travel more inland. Okay, so like I said earlier, not only was Governor John White a, an explorer, but he was also an incredible artist. When he was in Roanoke, he made like these extremely detailed maps of the area. And these maps are so detailed, in fact, that if you were to take a current 2022 topography map 
of the area and compare it to John White's map, you would find that they are exactly the same, except for the shoreline, which would have naturally eroded over time. In recent years, a group of Harvard scientists noticed something interesting in the preserved map that John White had created. They requested it from the museum that it was residing in and did some testing. And this is where things get real like national treasure Nick Cagey, okay? So buckle in. Uh, the group noticed a patch on the map and they wanted to study it because patches on maps are not really that wild. I mean, doing, making and creating these maps took a really long time. If you made a mistake with your ink pen, you're not just going to like start over because that would take forever. You're just going to like put a little patch on it, but they wanted to do some testing on it because it seemed kind of odd. Um, and so they did this test, which is simply explained. I'm sure that there's like a ton of like more scientific wording for it, but basically they placed a light behind the map to see what had been covered. <laughs> and wouldn't you know, it wasn't just a mess up. It wasn't just a screw up. It wasn't just a blot of an ink pen. There was a symbol covered up and that symbol was well known for meaning fort. Even more interesting, it appeared that the patch was used to cover the symbol for fort, but then a makeshift invisible ink made out of either milk or lemon was used to redraw the symbol on top of the patch. Why would Governor John White create a map cover a symbol only to redraw it in invisible ink. Many believe that this fort may be the location of the residence of the lost colonists of Roanoke. Perhaps John White was able to find them after all, and he saw that they were living a happy life, free from the harsh rule of England and its monarchy. Do you think he may have concealed the location of their whereabouts in order to protect their way of life. Perhaps, but perhaps not. In our fourth theory, we take a wild turn. So buckle up, buttercup. Like many movies and shows on television, whenever writers like don't know how to end the movie or series, what do they most often resort to? I'll give you one guess. Did you say aliens? If you did, then correct a moon. No. <laughs> Some people really believe that there was a mass alien abduction, and this is why no bodies of the colonists were ever found. But that would not explain the vague clue carved into the tree. Believers of this theory say that it's possible that the colonists saw, like, an alien spacecraft off in the distance and did not want to stay on the remote island of Roanoke to find out what it was, so that this led them to flee their home and an attempt to get to Croatoan. However, when they were at sea, the spacecraft caught up with them and they were abducted, and this is why no bodies or remnants of their ships were ever discovered. And honestly, like I I I did not I did not wake up this morning think that thinking that these words and these sentences would be coming out of my mouth, but here we are. And if you're rolling your eyes real hard, like real hard at this explanation, let me inform you that this is not the craziest theory that we are going to be discussing in today's episode. I know. I know what you're thinking. Rochelle, 
What could be a more wild explanation for the missing Roanoke colony than a mass alien abduction? (laughs) Uh, Alex Trebek, I'll take zombie plague for $300. Yes, a zombie plague is one of today's theories. A scientist named Andre Freeman from the Get This Zombie Research Society Uh, come again? Why am I just now learning about a zombie research society? I feel like I've been sheltered my whole life and this is opening my mind to like a whole new realm of possibilities. Like, like when they tell you when you're a kid, like you can be anything you want to be when you grow up, like this is literally what they're talking about. Um, many people say that if there were to be a zombie plague outbreak, that this would be the best place to have one. Um, it is an island, so it's self-contained and would not have spread to other areas of the country. But again, if this is true, where are the skeletal remains? Either of those who were sick with this wild zombie plague are those who were eaten. This theory is wild. And I mean wild. Like, honestly, I feel like this must be what being on shrooms feels like. (laughs) Like, I just feel like my mind is just opening and it just bamboozled. Um, This theory is actually sort of backed up by a scientist who has a bit more of a prestigious background than the Zombie Research Society. Um, This scientist has a Harvard background. Okay, So while this scientist doesn't really believe in a zombie plague in the traditional sense, he does agree that there is evidence to suggest that cannibalism may have occurred on Roanoke during the time period that we're looking at. Okay, so apparently during the years of 1587 and 1590, the area where Roanoke Island was, was seeing the worst drought that they had ever experienced in 800 years. This made food sparse as all of the wild animals were dying. Um, He believes that due to this, the Roanoke English settlers who were already struggling may have, in an act of desperation, resorted to cannibalism in an attempt to survive. In the end, the mystery of the missing Roanoke colony continues to baffle us to this day. But I'm curious... What do you think? Do you think that there is a perfectly logical explanation to all of this? Do you think that they were killed or possibly saved by a neighboring tribe? Do you think that they traveled more inland um, and that they're at, they were at that location that John uh, White covered up in his map? Do you think that they were abducted by aliens? Or do you think they di- died out due to a zombie plague? Or did they simply eat each other? I am leaning more towards the practical theories that we discussed today, but I do rather enjoy an insane one from time to time. It spices things up and it keeps us on our toes, right? (laughs) Let me know your thoughts, theories, and opinions on my Instagram post at Mystery Still Unsolved. Are there any theories that I didn't cover that you feel warrant some attention? Like, let me know. I would love to look into them and do a little thing on stories and share it with all of you. Thank you so much for being here. I very much appreciate your your support and your kindness. 
I love that you have so many options on like what you could be doing right now, uh, but that you specifically chose to lend me your ear for 30 to 40 minutes and talk strange and weird things with me. Do you want to know how to better support this podcast? Of course you do. Um, follow me on Instagram at Mystery Still Unsolved. Visit my website, www.mysterystillunsolved.com. Leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Tell a friend or family member about me and don't feel confined to the term friend or family. Like, I'm all about breaking labels. Tell your plant sitter, your contractor, your mentor, that kid that you're helping learn how to play guitar or, like, do better in math or something. Um, tell your... I don't know, your physics professor, tell your mechanic, I want everyone to know about Mystery Still Unsolved. Oh, and the best way to support this podcast would be to join me next week when together we'll discover, did anyone ever place a useful tip? Has justice prevailed? Or is the mystery still unsolved?